You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. It is time for another episode of our Community Spotlight, Teachers Rooted in Oakland. And Kira Mangia is going to join us, former public school teacher who's now the Deputy Director of Education for Mayor Libby Schaaf. Talking about a number of things in our education system, joined by Sakina Mohammed as well. And Kira, as I looked at the information about Teachers Rooted in Oakland, you want to advance educational equity by addressing cost of living, providing affordable housing, and to increase recruitment and retention of highly skilled and committed black, Latino, and other teachers of color. Public education is such a, an area that it constantly needs attention. And as I see that, the question that I present to you to begin is, how much of a crisis is this right now? You know, Vince, that's a great question. And I'll just start with nationally, there's a teacher shortage. Oakland is no exception. Here in Oakland, 78% of our hard-to-staff teachers are teaching because they can't afford to live here. That number is even higher for our teachers of color, which means that we then have huge representation gaps in our student body and our matching our teaching workforce. Uh, Sakina can verify these numbers even more, but nearly 90% of our student body in Oakland are students of color, and yet less than 50% of our teachers match that. And so that then means that we have huge equity gaps in outcomes for our kids. When you look at it, we just, we continue to fail our black and brown kids pretty unconscionably. Less than 20% of our black and brown kids are reading on grade level at third grade. We know that third grade literacy is an indicator, a strong predictor of high school graduation, college completion, and ultimately life success. And so when you ask that question, how big of a crisis, like I cannot think of a more serious crisis than what our students are experiencing on a daily basis. And here's the thing, research shows that all students, but especially students of color, do better when taught by teachers of color, teachers who share their life experiences. And so that's where Teachers Rooted in Oakland really comes in so that we can address the cost of housing and get more representative teachers in our classrooms for our kids. You touched on it perfectly because the follow-up was gonna be what it means for kids in the education system to see people that are like them and can learn from people like them to feel like they are on the right path to the life choices they want to make because they've got somebody that is an early mentor for them that can really give them early positive experiences to to keep that train on the track, if you will. Yeah, that's exactly right. I'll speak for myself and then would love for Sakina to chime in. For me, this is deeply personal. Vince, you mentioned I started my career out teaching here in Oakland Public Schools. But before that, I was obviously a student. Uh, this is radio, so you can't see my face, but I am, I identify as mixed. I'm Mexican, Japanese, and white. And growing up, I had no teachers who looked like me. And I struggled so much with my identity. Sakina, I don't know if you want to share either your personal experience or again, what we're hearing from our students and teachers. Yeah, for sure. So hi, everyone. Sakina Muhammad, and I, too, am a former teacher. I am a Black uh, American, and here we are. I grew up in Washington, D.C., and I was um, able to have teachers that looked like me, and I feel like those teachers I was able to connect with the most, and ultimately, it's like I would listen to them more, and based on that, I was able to learn most from them because I felt safer in their classes, being as though they looked like me and I felt like I could connect with them 
immediately, regardless of whatever it was that they were teaching, it was the fact that I connected with them um, on a deeper level. Well, well, both of you would like to know that my wife, I live in Phoenix during the winter, my wife helped open a brand new high school where we live in Gilbert. She also worked for the Chandler School District. She is of Mexican descent. My daughter, who is Mexican and Italian, because I'm Italian, she works for another school district in the in the Phoenix area as well in food safety and things of that nature. What my wife always presented to me were situations as an administrator in the high schools is when somebody of color came in and needed a connection, needed somebody positive just to get their day off to the right start and, and get them into the right frame of mind, that that was always a challenge. And she was, my wife is always very welcoming and, and helped initially break down some of those barriers. And then when she went to the school district working on the tech side, which I want to get to with you in a moment, helping kids, you know, with the internet issues, especially in, in the COVID, you know, virtual days, trying to just simply talk a you know, a kid who's at home, a fifth grader's home because his, his single parent mother is working someplace and he has to be by himself and and, the, and he's helping his third grade younger brother or young, younger sibling. And just how that, just, instead of that ball falling completely off the tracks, you try to find a way to, to keep them engaged. And that was, it was a challenge she, she enjoyed. She was a, it was something she was good at. And I just wonder if the stories that you can present in, in that regard about how difficult it is, simple things like that that start the day the right way, simple things like having somebody that can, that can speak their language, that can just help them slowly work through some problems that make them feel like somebody's listening to them. Yeah, I mean, that's exactly right. And first, before we get into it, just thank you to both your wife and your daughter for all that they do in education, too. I firmly believe teaching is the hardest job in the world. So just hats off to all of our teachers out there. Having a caring adult in a young person's life is one of the most critical things that we can do to set them up for success. Our department, our, our chief of violence prevention, always talks about how that's so important for public safety. Dr. Tony Eiton of the California Endowment, who's like this huge leader in terms of health, but looking at it from a more holistic perspective, talks about how important, how education and having caring adults who share lived experiences is so critical for the health of our children overall. And so when we look at it, it's not just about our kids learning to read and write, but it's about connecting on all of those levels. And so when a kid comes in in the morning because something's off, it's a lot easier for a teacher who maybe had that same shared experience growing up to connect with them and to say like, hey, what's going on? Did you eat breakfast? And I know, again, Sakina and I experienced that in the classroom as well, but Sakina, I don't know if there's anything more you want to add there. Yeah, I think one of the things that always kind of sticks in my head is, is you can't reach me, you can't teach me until you can reach me. And so that goes to show like, you really have to care about someone and that person has to feel that care and that love and that compassion coming from you before they even want to know what it is that you can teach them. Like we, we can have this wealth of knowledge, but if a student doesn't feel like they can trust us, like there's a sense of community and a level of comfort, then whatever it is that we're saying to them is literally going to go in one ear and out the other. And not to say that as a teacher, it's an easy thing to do because it is not. It's challenging. It's difficult. And that's why it's so important to try and create these equitable measures with home being the first start because the teachers need to feel safe, right? How can they make a student feel safe if they don't have a safe place for them to go and to live in? And so like with the TRIO program, that's why we want to really focus on making sure that the teachers have what it is they need before they can even give the students what it is that they need and, and create a better future for us all. 
week we're visiting with uh, Kara Mangia and also Sakina Muhammad from Teachers Rooted in Oakland. And Kara, where can people get some information, learn more about how you're trying to continue to move this forward and maybe how they could potentially get involved or at least get some get an idea of just how dire the situation is and maybe find other avenues that they can participate and, and help out this program? Absolutely. Thank you for that, Vince. We would love for everyone to get involved and support right now. We launched out of the Oakland Mayor's Office in partnership with the school district and nonprofit partners like Divine and Gong and Community, Community Development Finance, the latter of which is actually our fiscal sponsor. So if you want to learn more about us, there's a page on their website. If you go to communitydevelopmentfinance.org, at the very top, there's a new Teachers Rooted in Oakland partnership button that you can click. You can learn more about us and also potentially donate if you are interested in supporting the work that we're doing. We are also, Vince, this is kind of the first time we're saying it publicly, launching soon what we're calling TRIO Plus, which is the next evolution, the next phase in the evolution of TRIO to serve even more teachers in Oakland and potentially beyond. And it's essentially building an affordable housing marketplace. So if folks are interested there, they can contact us again through Community Development Finance, um, and we would love to connect. I, I remember my wife would, would give me access to stories about the great news about kids who were getting iPads and getting a chance to use them because in today's world, teachers, the majority of their work is done online. They want you to go to, to websites to do the homework, et cetera, which is great. But when the, but when the child went home, there was an access to the internet and uh, hashtag Oakland Undivided was another project you were a part of where you're providing computers and internet and support, tech support to these kids and these families. She was talking about stories where school buses would be set up in different neighborhoods that, that had the routers set up so kids could get access to getting on the internet and getting their work done. How How is that project moving along? I know it's a daily challenge, but the importance is that the kids have to be able, if they're going to get these pieces of equipment, these devices, that they have stuff to be able to use them the right way in order to continue their education. Absolutely. In our office, we firmly believe that we should be centering the needs of our students, our families, and our educators. So when COVID hit, we pretty quickly heard from our students and their parents and our teachers that like, hey, we're supposed to be in remote learning, but our kids can't access it. They don't have computers, they don't have internet, like we need help. And so our office quickly sprung into action to form a partnership with, again, a bunch of partners like the school district, Tech Exchange, and the Oakland Public Education Fund and the Oakland Promise to launch what is now called Oakland Undivided. Let me just tell you the story before is one student, Jessica Ramos was a senior at the time when the pandemic hit and she did not have internet at her home because her family had, you know, I think that they were working, but then when COVID hit, lost one of their sources of income and so had to let go of that internet service. So she every day would go sit outside of the library working on either her phone or a borrowed laptop to submit college applications. And the libraries were closed at the time, right? But there was free Wi-Fi still admitting there. So we launched Oakland Undivided right during the pandemic to ensure all Oakland Public School students have internet, computer, and culturally competent tech support. And we went from 12% of students being connect, students from low-income backgrounds being connected pre-pandemic to 98%. And when you disaggregate that, that's same for our African-American students, our Latino students, and more. And so we're proud, and obviously there's still that 2% to go. We won't stop till we get there. And we are also working to change the systems and build out citywide broadband so that people don't have to rely on hotspots or other things, but they can, again, ensure that internet is a right that they are guaranteed. 
Can you walk me through the the recruiting process of, of finding a, a, a talented, eager teacher of color that wants to participate in such a diverse community like Oakland and, and how you can present that to them, what the challenges are, and what, what you find yourself and teachers rooted in Oakland up against in order to make sure that you can bring this type of person into the system because you know the difference that they can make. Yeah, I'll start, and then Sakina would love for you to add some specifics. So we are focused, Teachers Rooted in Oakland trio is really focused right now on teacher residencies. A residency is just what it sounds like, kind of like a medical residency, but it's a year where an aspiring teacher is both earning their credential and training with an accomplished mentor teacher at the same time. The thinking being that you are learning to be the pilot before you're expected to fly the plane. Because so many teachers are just thrown in the classroom without that preparation, people who are trained through residency models, research shows that they're both more effective as teachers and stay longer in the classroom. So we know that teacher residencies are like the gold standard for training teachers. The problem is that right now, the stipend for a teacher residency for a whole year of being a teacher resident is $15,000 that whole year. I don't know about you, Vince, but whether you're in Livermore, whether you're in Phoenix, I can't imagine living anywhere, let alone the Bay Area on kind of a more marginalized background and have other barriers and that you're up against as well. And so when we started, when the school district started recruiting in 2019 or 2018 for the first teacher residency, there were a ton of people interested, a ton of aspiring teachers of color, our black and brown teachers who were interested. But once they saw that $15,000 stipend amount, they were immediately dissuaded. And so that's where we, our office knew we needed to come in and provide some other support because that cost of living is just too great and acts as too big of a barrier for aspiring teachers to be entering the classroom and set up for success. So that's kind of the background behind it. Sakina, I don't know if you wanna talk about kind of what we do once teachers are interested and how we pair them with housing or how that works. Yeah, absolutely. So essentially, and through our partnership with Oakland Unified School District, we work very closely with a colleague over there, Zaya. And what happens is they begin to recruit teachers. So this year we were very intentional with creating certain marketing and putting it out into certain areas so that we can get those black, those brown, those Latin, other people who are more representative of the student body. And this year, um, so far, the cohort is all of those that we've um, targeted. So that's super exciting to hear like that the recruitment efforts is what's really working. And so from there, they go through the interview process, they apply, um, they join one of the three schools, Alder, CSU, East Bay, and Berkeley. They At those schools, they are continuing to do their grad school credential, um, the grad school as well as working towards their teaching credential all at the same time. And then from there, we continue to follow them through their first four years of teaching. As long as they stay in OUSD, we continue to support them through their first four years um, with TRIO. I think what people need to understand also is that there are, you know, you, you look at this as a whole from 30,000 feet, you may not have proper view of that there are so many kids that want to learn. There are so many kids that want to be taught. And there are so many people on the other side that are teaching in education that, that want to deliver that message. I want to see kids grow and improve as they go through their different times of, of school life. You mentioned one success story, and I would imagine, Kira, there are, there are still several more. While there are ongoing challenges in what you're trying to do with recruiting teachers, there are still the, the idea has to be presented that the kids want to learn, the teachers want to teach, and we're trying to make sure that we can keep this partnership growing. 
That's exactly right, Vince, and I'm so glad you named that. I am a firm believer that all of our kids want to learn and do what's like what's in their best interest to be successful and that our teachers want to support that. I think everyone is super well-intentioned. You don't go into the teaching career for the salary. We all know that. What we need to do as leaders is change the way the systems work to set our teachers up for success, to set our kids up for success and recognize that kids might need different learning environments or like we need to do better to support them too. Um, but it's everyone is super well-intentioned and like wants to be there. Let's remind people once again to where they can go to get information about Teachers Rooted in Oakland, about Oakland Undivided, the different projects that you've that are ongoing, and to, to either find a way to, to be an advocate for what you're trying to do. Yeah, if you are interested in learning more about Teachers Rooted in Oakland, check out communitydevelopmentfinance.org, and right at the top there's a banner for Teachers Rooted in Oakland. You can also feel free to email me. My email's on that site as well. And then for Oakland Undivided, you can just simply type in oaklandundivided.org and there's a whole website there if you're interested in learning about kind of the digital connection and literacy component of the mayor's office work. And if you are interested as to be an aspiring teacher, you could go to ousd.org backslash OTR, standing for Oakland Teacher Residency, so that's OUSD.org backslash OTR. Karen uh, and Sakina, how, how encouraged are you right now? I, I, again, I know that you're still pushing up the hill, but for maybe where this began and, and where you see things are now and maybe an, ind an indication that it's moving in the right direction, how do you feel about that? Yeah, you can't do this work without hope, Vince. And I say that whenever we get to connect with our teachers and their students, it gives me so much hope. We had the opportunity to visit their classrooms just a couple weeks ago, and we took a group of them to a Warriors game. We're going to be going to an upcoming A's game. Once there, one of our teachers shared with us that this was exactly what she needed. So that just like spoke to us. And when you look at the numbers, we know that this is working. In just two years, we've helped the school district triple the number of teacher residents overall and more than triple the number of teacher residents of color, meaning that 4,000 plus more students now have fully credentialed teachers in STEM and special education, supporting them along the way. And so we know anecdotally that this is working and from the numbers that this is working. And so we're so excited to continue this work, sustain it and scale it to serve even more. Sakina, anything else that you wanna add there? Absolutely. Care gave the numbers. We have faith. Faith is something that you can't see, but that you have to kind of use your intuition and go on. But we also have the data behind it to support it. So with the faith, with the hope, and with that data that we have to show that in just two years and amidst the whole COVID pandemic, we, we can continue to do the work um, that our students, that our teachers, and that our entire Oakland community really needs. The kids are our future, and they need to be taught by people that want to be there. There's no question about that. Teachers rooted in Oakland, uh, Kira Mangia and also Sakina Muhammad. Thank you for uh, giving us the information and, and bringing this to light. It's, it's an ongoing battle, and it's encouraging to know that people like yourselves are out there on the front lines getting the job done. Thanks for being a part of our community spotlight. Thank you, Ben. Thanks, Ben. This has been a presentation of the Oakland Athletics. Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story and one of the best 
stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on the Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based championship team. 